You're listening to the On the DL podcast, the official podcast of Temple ISD Digital Learning. I'm your host, John Woodward, and this is episode 11 of season three, featuring a conversation with Nikki Murphy, principal at the Meredith Dunbar Early Childhood Academy here in Temple ISD. I am on the DL with Nikki Murphy, principal at Meredith Dunbar Early Childhood Academy. That's a mouthful. It is. We call it MDECA. MDECA, for short. So how are you? Mm-hmm. You said you're you're ready for the weekend, but it's been a I'm good ready Friday. ready for the weekend. Been a good Friday, though? Yes, absolutely. Well, you have the distinction now in the young history of this podcast being the first two-time guest. Yay! So I love that. Yeah. So I don't know if there's a little trophy or something, but I'll, I'll get you some kind of treat for that. I feel like that, oh, that'll be great. That's worthy of something, right? Yes. So, all right. Well, just for those who may not know you, but you're so well known, I wouldn't know who would that who that would be. Tell just tell me a little bit about your yourself, your background, and your current role in the district. Well, I think most importantly is I grew up in Temple. I went to Thornton, Bonham, and Temple High School. So I am a very proud graduate of Temple High. And um, this is my third year working in Temple ISD and my third year as the principal of Meredith Dunbar. Been a good three years? It's been an excellent three years. It's the best decision I ever made. Temple ISD is the best district I have ever worked for. You know, it just, it doesn't take someone, you don't have to be over at MDECA to to see and hear about the, the great things that are happening. So um, I think as much as you've enjoyed being in the district, the district has enjoyed having you because it is, uh, it's booming over there. We have fun. We have fun. And I'm proud of the school. I'm proud of the history. And I have the most amazing uh teachers and staff and uh, we're just so fortunate to be in the situation we're in where we all teach the same thing and we have the opportunity um, to work with these kids that that from the their first experience in school well tell me just for those who who may not have really ever thought about it but tell educate a little bit on the purpose and the benefits of early childhood education you know, because we're, we're talking about pre-kindergarten, um, you know, and everybody, everybody knows about the, the going to kindergarten and, and the years from kindergarten on. But talk a little bit about the, the benefits specifically of an early childhood education such as you offer at. Well, we um, one of the most important things that we do is we help the uh, four year olds. Uh, develop and use their social and emotional skills. And so they learn to be critical thinkers, problem solvers. They learn how to build relationships with peers. And they also were building their cognitive skills as well as, you know, we work on a lot of different things academically. They're basically learning to learn and we're preparing them for kindergarten. But on top of that, we're we're teaching them, we're not teaching them, we're, in, we're hoping to instill a love of learning in each of them. And we're also hoping that we can um, help their parents to support them in their learning at home as well. 
I think early childhood education seems to have changed a lot since you and I were were in school. And, um, you know, everything that you just mentioned is going to be things that are going to make them that much more successful, I would feel. That's in, what we hope. Kindergarten and beyond. Have you been able to get any feedback from from kindergarten teachers that have had Meredith students when they go up? Do you get a chance to to get to see them at all or, or see how they're doing? Um, I get, we get feedback and even before, um, or I can't say before, but my first year, um, the Meredith Dunbar has done an excellent job of preparing the pre-K students for kindergarten. They have, um, the, the teachers give feedback to their principals and their principals give feedback to us on the campus that, um, you know, the, the students that come to them from Meredith Dunbar, they know, um, you know, they already know how to walk in a line. They already know how to, you know, sit in a circle. They know how to talk to a knee to knee partner. Um, they um, know how to write their name. They know what school is. And so um, they're, they're ready to go and, you know, they can just continue that learning when they get to kindergarten. They, they know what routines are They're um, They have that in place. And so back to what you had asked, do I get feedback? Yes, I get feedback and we get a lot of thank yous and it's, it's really nice to hear our kindergarten teachers and the other principals are very good at recognizing the work that the teachers here do. Well, you see you're, they're getting academically prepared, but, but some of those socio-emotional things, such as learning how to walk in a line, and, you know, that's one less hurdle that they have to, to go to jump over when they get to what's a big, you know, it's a big transition anyway. So you, mm -hmm. guys, are, you guys are minimize, you know, helping minimize some of those, the angst and, and fear that comes with going to kindergarten anyway to where they can focus on, on the nitty gritty and the things they need to versus being terrified. Uh, and I speak from personal experience on that. I mean, kindergarten was a, was a very scary um, thing for me. And I think having a program such as Meredith would definitely have transitioned me in a, in a much better way. Well, and that's what we hope. And um, the other, you know, you're talking about that transition. We recently took all of the students to their projected kindergarten campus for a kinder visit. We were not able to do that the past two years due to, due to COVID, but we stood that back up in uh, doing kinder visits this year. And so not only are we preparing them here and teaching them what learning is about, but we have actually taken them to the campus that their parents and anticipate they'll go to and they've had a tour they've got to meet the principal they've been able to meet some of the teachers and see some of the routines so they are getting excited but now they actually have a visual of this is what kindergarten looks like this is where you're going and they are super excited to be kindergartners and that's a big deal you know that, it is a big deal it's a big deal for them for the parents but for the kids, that's a big deal to just to, to get that glimpse. The fear of the unknown is 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 huge at that age. And so Well, I think it's huge for every age. Well, I mean, I mean I'm not saying I've outgrown it, but yeah. I haven't. But for a for a preschooler, you know, it's there's something about seeing something firsthand. Then yeah, they kinda it, they kinda own it and then they're ready. 
Exactly. Exactly. Well, well talk about the, some of the new facilities that we, well, yeah. I mean, y'all are almost ground up completely new. Uh, it so. is beautiful. If you haven't been here, you, I know you have, but others, they need to come and visit. So we had a lot of stuff was kind of, as I call in the guts, a lot of the, um, heating, air conditioning, ventilation, plumbing, that was redone. The the biggest and I think most important thing that happened was in our kitchen. Um, we have usually four ladies cooking in the kitchen each day for breakfast and lunch, and they were doing it without air conditioning. And so this campus did not have any air conditioning, and this renovation provided the air conditioning for our kitchen staff. So to me, that was the biggest need. And then we everything was basically redesigned to fit pre-k students as far as all our water fountains are lower all of the potties are lower they're 12 inches off the ground we got new uh, ramps so that we don't have to have chair lifts things like that and so and then the other thing they did was you know we've got new paint we've got new tile new carpet new furniture so not only was there a huge renovation done there was also new furniture put into the building and then there's also in the atrium a huge timeline that has the history of the campus because it was the um, it was the segregated high school and but there's a lot more history behind it because it didn't just start here there were other locations before it moved here and so the timeline in the um, or the vestibule the atrium shows that off which is really exciting to be able to walk and see all of that information and for people to come in and see it. And then it also honors the uh, community members who have attended Meredith Dunbar. Right. And I've seen that part of it when I was there. And let me tell you that that's a focal point and you can't it miss it. And it really is neat to, to be able to keep the history. Uh, oh, it's so important. And I just, I love it. I think that is the most it's one of my favorite things about being a principal in Temple is that I get to have this campus as my campus. And I, I, it's very, very important to me that that history um, is shared and that the students and the community that come that, you know, the parents that visit, that they recognize the history of this campus and what a impact it has had on the community. It's very clear when talking to you that, that you've got a passion for that campus um, and that, there's not one part of uh, there's not one part of of the campus the kids that that you don't enjoy taking take you know taking ownership of uh, oh, yeah. a lot of a lot of pride over there a lot of panther pride right yes sir so we're looking ahead we're 10 years down the road you've just got this new facility um you're 10 years into the future Kind of where, what are you looking forward to? You know, what describe kind of your vision looking ahead now for MDECA and early childhood education there? What's next? I would love to have the campus expanded. I would love to be able for, I would love for us to be able to serve every four-year-old. I would love that, you know, we're, it's not just students who qualify, that it would be every student that is uh, meets a certain age that they would all be able to attend. That's what I would like to see in 10 years. Well, you know, I just uh, based on your track record in just three, I think 10 may be, uh, you may beat that. Well, I'm hoping. <laughs> well, what's the most, what's the most challenging 
And the two-part question, I guess. Two, what's the most challenging and rewarding aspect of educating three- and four-year-olds? With The most rewarding is they come and they, they want to be here. They want to be here. And the, the students, um, and they look up to the adults. And, I mean, you come to school knowing that, you know, they're looking for you and they want to be with you and they want to know what you know. And they, that's to me, the most rewarding part of it is, and just to have those hugs and to have them ask you questions and want to learn from you. I mean, there's nothing more rewarding than that. I, I think in education and then, and not along with seeing them be successful. Um, I think one of the most challenging things about the pre-K um is that I think part of it is, you know, we, we, we have our classrooms have, there's 20 kids. And I mean, you want to do more with them as or you want to do as much as you can with them. And, you know, it's hard for one person or a teacher and an aide, um, you know, with 20 kids there, that's a lot to manage. And so I would say that's a challenge. You would love to do more with smaller groups. I would just say that another challenges when they come to school, most of them have never been to school. And so you're starting from the ground up. And and so what you were talking about, you know, going to kindergarten is easier if they've already been to pre-K. Well, again, it, we're starting in pre-K and they've never been to school. And a lot of times their parents have never had any experience as a parent in a school system. A lot of times their, um, their experience has been just when they've been to school. And so sometimes it's not just the, the child's first time in school. It's also the parent's first time having a child in school. So that can be a challenge. It's a good challenge, but it can be a challenge. Yeah. And I think it's important to realize, you know, everything you've said is a challenge you almost talk about it as a positive still. Oh, well, thanks. You know? I hadn't thought of it that way. But. But, well, in the sense that out of, out of your challenges are the things that, that you know, growth and, and learning happens. So I don't know. It just seems like, like when I hear you talk about it, you're, you're talking about it in a way that you guys are hitting those head on and, and are very well aware of what they are and, and that that's all part of, educating the whole child as you get them ready for that next phase. Yes. Parent engagement at MDECA. You know, what does that look like? You just talked about a lot of time, you know, it, it may be the very first time that they've had a child in school. So what does parent engagement look like at, on your campus? So what we, I'll tell you a little bit about what we do each month. Um, we have an evening, an opportunity for parents to come in the evening and an opportunity for parents to come in the morning. So in what we do, one of them is a morning coffee. And then the evening we do a, um, we'll do a student performance. And, but what we also do is we do some type of parent learning and it can be related to how to help your child regulate their emotions. We've done presentations on how to, what do you do with a read aloud? Um, you know, we all know there's tons of great storybooks, but for a five-year-old right before bed or a four-year-old right before bed to read the entire book is a lot. And so we actually model to parents how to, you know, 
how to read a book aloud or how to just do a picture walk. So um, we do some, you know, how to help at home. We teach different types of games for math, different types of activities for literacy. Um, and so a lot of our parent engagement is to provide them support for how they can help their student. And so we've had truancy officers come and talk about what it means, you know, what that means, what attendance needs to be, why it's important, what happens if you're not there every day. That's part of our parent engagement is so they can meet the people that work in the district. Then we've had our student resource officer come and meet the parents because he's very visible on our campus and we want our parents to be familiar with him because he's here to help. And so we want there to be positive relationship with him. We've had we just had different people from the uh, we've had people from the community come and tell about what they do in the community. And then um, we've had teachers present how you know different things for working with the kids at home sometimes we'll do a make and take like a um, showing them how to use a cookie sheet to do picture stories um, just a variety of things but just the main part of our family engagement is that we've provided opportunities for parents to learn about ways they can support their kids and then this year we've done a literacy night and a math night and at both of those events parents got to come and play play uh, different types of games, learning games with their child. And so no pressure, nothing they had to do. And then they got to take home, um, some, like we sent home math activities for them to do at home. The other thing um, to promote our family engagement and stay connected to families is we use the Seesaw app. And that allows students to, um, they can do work, you know, take pictures of things they've done. They can do work in the classroom that, but the parents can see that as well. And then the teachers can also communicate back and forth with the parents about the students. And so, and then we've had, we do a lot of our homework. We have little homework activities for the students to do. So if they're the students identifying their colors at home, a parent can video that and send it to the teacher to show them. Yeah. And so it's a really nice um, platform to use. And, uh, and there's just a lot that can be um, shared between home and school that supports the learning of the student. And the parents' response has always has been good to, to those opportunities that they have to every month. Yes. And we do. Um, and so we, I will, I'll be honest with you with our, like our performances at night, we do, we have four classes once a month get to perform. And so we have a great uh, turnout for those events. Um, our math night, we had a, a huge turnout for that. And so, um, and that's what um, my family engagement specialist at the beginning of the year, um, she sends out a parent survey and talks to parents about what are things you want to know about? What do you want to learn about? what topics would be valuable to you. Um, she shares some things that we've done in the past, and that way parents have the opportunity to give input. And then our teachers can give input as well. This is what I see that my parents might need. Um, this could help us in helping the parents and the students learn. And so we get parent input. And then after everything, we do a survey so we can find out what, you know, if it went well, if we need to change something. Um, but we want that two-way communication. Um, in on May 16th, we are going to host our first student-led conferences. And so 
parents are invited that evening from 5 to 6.30, and the students are going to showcase their learning for parents. And so they're going to show them what they've done with early literacy and early math skills. Um, but they're going to be the ones talking about these are goals I've set for myself. This is the goal I met. You know, this is I've reached this goal. Um, they're going to be reflecting on their end of year assessments that we do with them. And so this is the first year we've done this. But we're handing that over to the uh, pre-K students to communicate with their parents about their learning. And so we are super awesome. excited about it. We're going to be raffling off a new uh, kid's kitchen. And I'm, I'm really excited. And um, you are more than welcome to come. I would love to have you come. Yeah, my wife would want to see that. She's uh, eats that stuff up. We're uh, excited. I mean, and nobody well, would believe that be. four-year-olds are going to tell their parents, oh, I know this many letters, I know this many colors, but they are going to be the ones. So rather than your traditional sit down with your teacher and your teacher will tell your parent what you do, you're going to be the one doing it. How else? How cool is that uh, to begin those conversations between the student and the parent, but those conversations between the, the school and the parent. So, man, what a, what a great thing to get started that early. We're excited. Uh, I'm excited. I'm just, you can probably tell I'm just over the moon about this and I can't wait to see how it goes. Well, you should be. So we need to check back with you and see how it went. Oh yeah. So speaking of people coming to visit, you know, those parents coming on the 16th and, and anybody that comes to visit, what's one thing, about not just early childhood education, but the early childhood education at Meredith that might surprise, what do you think was the biggest thing that might surprise someone who comes to visit? We don't take naps. <laughs> don't, no nap. Huh? No nap time. They walk in the door and we're starting from the minute they walk in the door. Um, teaching and they make it through the whole day and um, they, they are learning from start to finish with no nap time and they do phenomenal. So therefore you think they're surprised a bit at the resiliency of these kids? Absolutely. I think they would be surprised at the rigor of what they're doing as well. Um, the, this, this campus believes that what we're doing is extremely important and we need every minute of every day to teach them as much as we can and to give them the opportunities to communicate with each other, learn from each other and apply what they're learning and practice what they're learning. And so we, you know, we just, we feel that it's that important. And, you know, if we get a sleepy baby, you know, we, we don't wake them up, but they don't fall asleep. They, they go a hundred miles per hour all day long. Well, my only request to you is to not stop what you're doing. Keep up the good work and keep pushing forward. Because like I said, we talked about 10 years in the future. I think I should have changed that to five years because at the, the pace you move and uh, the amount of work y'all are constantly doing, um, y'all are constantly moving forward. And that, that can only mean good things. So I wish you the best of luck for uh, for the remainder of this year and then as you transition Thank and get you. ready for next it. year. So we're going to end on, on, on our lightning round questions and these are different uh, than what you These are my before. favorite though. Okay. So, I'm ready. So, so I'll, I, we'll, we'll get through it and, and then I'll, I'll let you go enjoy your weekend. So invisibility or super strength. Super strength. 
You want me to explain why? Well, you don't have to, but I'm always intrigued. Um, I think because I said invisibility last time and I'm trying to change it up a little bit. You didn't give me a different question. Um, did I do that one last time? Yes, I'm pretty sure you did. Um, well, maybe, maybe you've just been in, you know, tr you've tried it out and you want to try super strength now. So. Uh, that's probably what it is. Yeah. I don't, uh, yeah, that's a hard one though, but yeah, I think I might try super strength and mainly as I'm getting older, I'm losing strength. I think that's just normal. And so I'm going to need a little more. How's that? Yeah, I feel, I feel you on that one. Uh -huh. Favorite junk food. Oh gosh. I do like, um, drumsticks. Um, the ice cream with the nuts oh, on yeah. the top. Yeah, that's in chocolate dip cones. Oh, those, I love them. Soft serve. Soft yeah. serve Dairy Queen chocolate dip cone or a drumstick. Cake or pie? Uh, it would depend on the flavor, but I, I really like cherry pie. Okay. See, you just went straight and told me the pie. So. Mm -hmm. What does a person, in your opinion, need to be happy? I think they have to be happy with themselves. I can't argue with that. Mm -hmm. How many hours of sleep does Nikki Murphy need? Oh, at least eight hours. How many of sleep? How many hours of sleep does Nikki Murphy usually get? <laughs> usually uh, eight or eight and a half. All right. So you're one of those that has to have it, or you're oh, not functioning well. No, not functioning well. I mean, I'm in bed by eight o'clock, if not earlier. Okay. All right. How long can you hold your breath for? Have no idea. Now we could try it now. We run the risk of you passing out on me and having to finish this thing by myself, but I don't want to do that. But. No, okay, we won't do that. So try it out and then next time just let us know how it went. I can do that. Okay. If you could travel back in time, what time period would you go back to? Oh. I'll be honest with you, and this is kind of a, a my grandmother recently passed away, and so I would go back to this summer um, before she was getting sick, and I would go back and spend a couple of more weeks with her. Hard to imagine a better answer to that question. Well done. And uh, condolences on losing your grandma. That's never uh, easy. I'm so fortunate she was 89 and to, you know, be 51 and still have your grandmother alive, man, I'm, I am one lucky lady. That's true. Yes. That's true. So, yeah. All right. As a, you'll like this one, ask permission or beg forgiveness. I ask permission. I know I should probably beg forgiveness, but I ask permission. Me too. It, you know, it is what it is. I mean. Yeah. Uh, and why upset people? I mean, if you know it's something questionable, just ask and don't do it <laughs> if you're not supposed to. All right. You're having a party, Nikki. Um, and somebody is supposed to bring dessert to that party. What's the lamest dessert that people try and pass off as a dessert? Uh, cookies. Um, see, every time somebody answers this one, I write it down just in case I get invited to the party. Don't bring cookies. On a tray or like cookies from H-E-B? Either or... way. Either way. Either way. It's not it's... a dessert. It's just that snack food. Is that? Well, yeah, that's just, yeah, that's a snack. Dessert is, I mean, it needs some whipped cream on it. It needs to be, you know, we need 
it needs to be fancy brownies. I do like a, a chocolate icebox pie. Um, yeah, or, you know, one of those layered that's got cake and whipped cream and chocolate. And yeah, it needs to be a, a Put some effort cream. into it is what you're saying. Yeah, tiramisu, uh, any type of custard. Yeah. Man, okay. If I come to a party for you, just don't give me dessert. Oh, I'll um, tell you where to get it. You just go over to Miller's and get their chocolate pie or a sopapilla cheesecake. It's, you can't really go wrong at Miller's. But. Well, try the chocolate pie and you will see. Oh, it is so good. All right. What's the maximum number of spritzes of perfume before it is too much? I usually do three. Right, do you spray directly on it or do you spray and then run into it? I hold it up behind and under my, hold my hair up and I spray one. Well, I probably do two a lot of times and not three, but three would be the maximum. Okay, because even a good perfume can be too much with the if you go overboard. Oh, I live with men who love to use tons of cologne, and I often get in the car with them. They've all three got on different colognes, and I have to roll down. I'm very sensitive to smells, and whew, I end up with a headache easily. So, yes, it has to okay. be a light scent. Mm. Wow, this, that question hit close to home. Then. Oh, wow. Uh, um, who inspires you? Um, that's interesting. I mean, I think when I think of, I guess that's a hard question for me because there's people I look up to and so do they inspire me or I do I look up to them. And so that's kind of, um, if I think about inspire, I think more about my the profession and people that I work with that inspire me. And I would say, um, you know, like right now, um, I'm inspired by principals like Michelle Moore and um, Crystal Thomas. They're both, um, I love their energy and um, I love hearing about things they're doing. And so they both inspire me. Um, so there's two people right there. All right. Good. And well, we'll see if your opinion has changed on this one. Is double dipping at a party ever acceptable? No. Still no. No. I think I talked the last time about it. If you, you know, break your chip and dip it, that's fine. And you can dip on the other side. I also, if you're with your family, you can turn the chip around and dip on the other side. But if you're with company, you, you just don't dip again. Okay. I'll ask you one that's uh, that's not on here that okay. someone asked me the other day. Oh. They asked me number one. Well, they asked me several, but one was, "Have you ever walked out of a movie?" I, you know what, I go to so few movies. I, I mean, people will that I can't remember ever walking out of one. I, I couldn't either. There's some I've wanted to, but I don't think I ever have. I don't think I have, and but I mean, I said I can barely remember any movie I've gone to, so. And then the second one was, would you rather have fingers as long as your legs or legs as long as your fingers? Fingers as long as my legs. I don't okay. want little short legs. Yeah, but wouldn't it be a logistical nightmare to have arms as long as your legs? I can bend them and curl them in. Yeah. I'm assuming I can curl them. And they just go down to the bottom of my ankles. 
don't know. You I'm literally look. holding my hands to my side to see where my <laughs> fingers would go, and then I could curl them up a little bit. It'll be You're going to have to move that seat back in the car. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not hard. I, I mean, you, you adapt. You just adapt and modify. You do, yeah. Be fine. It. But, yeah, think about it. What's going to happen if my legs are as long as my fingers, and what am I going to do in my car then? I think I answered the opposite, so I think I'd be a little shorter. But, yeah. But then I feel like I'd be, maybe be a little more proportional in some ways. But Okay, your legs would be this long. I'd be an odd-looking guy, though. <laughs> yeah, very, because, I mean, you're talking wow. about this long. Oh, I'm well. glad we're, we're thinking about this so deeply. It, well, I did, you know. I've always been a thinker, so... To draw a picture of how yeah that would not be good yeah I, I think they're both logistical nightmares in their own way it's not a good look well proportionally i don't think you're if your legs were as long as your fingers even if they were thick enough you're you'd be top heavy anyway wouldn't you yeah i don't think there's a winner in this one i know i think you could do the fingers okay well uh we'll need to get with a physicist or something a physiologist and, and we'll I'm going to have some toilet paper tubes the length of my legs and make me some special fingers. <laughs> well, I'll show yeah. you. We'll have to follow up on this question. <laughs> so, Nikki Murphy, you have been on the DL. Thank you so much for your time once again. Um, have a great weekend. Keep up the good work, and we will talk to you soon. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Have a All good right. weekend. You too. You've been listening to the On The DL podcast, the official podcast of the Temple ISD Digital Learning Department. Don't miss an episode, so do yourself a favor and subscribe in whichever podcast player you are using. This way you'll be notified whenever a new episode drops. Until next time, we'll see you on the DL.